Welcome back to Bringing New Ideas to Life, the podcast from Accenture where we discuss the strategy, training and networks that drive innovation across the globe. This time, Accenture's CEO, Steve Cleverly, interviews Alex McPherson, founder of Ignition Law, the legal practice specialising in advising entrepreneurs, startup and scale-up businesses during their growth journeys. Over two episodes, you'll hear about Alex's own journey in establishing and growing Ignition Law, including the decisions and evolution of its purpose and approach as it progresses towards B Corp certification. Through this lens, Alex and Steve explore not only the legal advice that startup and scale-up businesses require, but how the culture and values driving a business as it grows inform the structure and decisions that its leaders have to make. Alex and Steve dig deeper into the common phases of growth for a young business, exploring how people and practices inform the amount of tailored advice that is required. So, if you're involved in growing a business yourself, there should be plenty to listen to, and we welcome your questions and feedback. More on that at the end of the episode, but for now, please enjoy. Well, hello everybody. I'm Steve Cleverly, CEO of Oxentia. Um, I'm delighted to be joined this afternoon by Alex McPherson. I've worked with Alex for a number of years, and Alex played a critical role, an invaluable role actually, in helping with the establishment of Oxentia uh, back in 2017. So, welcome Alex, um, and maybe you could tell us a little bit about the uh, Ignition Law Stormy. Thanks Steve, and thanks very much for, for having me. Um, so, I'm Alex McPherson, I'm, um, I was at, at Oxford many years ago, about 20 odd years ago, and then started off doing corporate law in the city at Freshfields and Hogan Lovells, and uh, eight years ago uh, we set up Ignition Law with, with a view to solely working with startup scale-ups and entrepreneurs in their, in their scale-up journey. And perhaps some of the things that they they, they needed from, um, from from legal advice um, benefited from a firm that was solely set up to to focus on that on that on that niche. And we've we, we've grown a fair bit to a, a, about 80, 85 of us um, over the last eight years, um, around about six million revenue and careful growth targets year in year out. Um, we, we're very much a values-led business now. We're most of the way towards becoming a, a B Corp and have a three-quarters female senior leadership team, which for law firms is 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 quite important, quite progressive. I'm a dad of two two little girls, seven and nine, and that's um, very much a big part of our ethos as a, as a, as a business as well. Um, and and being a responsible member of the the community. That's that's me in a nutshell. Excellent, thank you. Um, and where did everything start? Well, what gave you the, 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 the purpose to, to establish Ignition Law? Well, I'd always known that I wanted to do law since I was probably about 17, 18, considered being a pilot but wasn't any good at maths. And so my parents suggested law was a good, a good, uh, a good bet. But I genuinely knew I wanted to be a lawyer of some shape or form, wasn't really sure what, what area. And so I, I looked at um, criminal firms, family law, did a fair bit of legal secretarial work experience where I'm from on the South Coast. And then um, as, as time, time moved on, started to think more about a training contract in London and, and was offered one at, at Freshfields, one of the large corporate firms. And then uh, after that, moved to Hogan Lovells, had a real love of corporate law, so sort of, if you like, jack of all trades, build, build, building things and, and growing companies. Um, and then got more and more interested in smaller businesses where you can perhaps make a little bit more of a, a difference um, and, 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 and have more of an impact on, on, uh, on businesses. 
so I got involved in one or two of, of my own, one working with um, students that were, um, like, like myself, from state schools and, and, and applying to universities, going through interview processes, taking students from the first year and connecting them up with um, applicants to kind of help them through um, guidance on this professor might interview in this way or, or that way. And, and that felt very different to professional advice. It felt a little bit more, more personal. And so that sort of gave a bit of a germ of an idea of actually how, how hard is it to set up a law firm and, and to kind of focus on that niche. And the answer is very hard and about an inch of hairline over eight mm. years, but, but, um, uh, but, but, but hugely rewarding mm. as, as well. It must be very different working for yourself at Ignition Law than Man Hogan, Hogan Lovell. Yeah, it, it, it is. I mean, we're very, very close to um, Hogan's and was there two weeks ago for alumni drinks. And, um, and they're very much a part of the ecosystem. You know, clients grow and naturally, necessarily, at, at, at some point, outgrow us and, and need different services. But it's very different. You know, it's, um, it's, perhaps, it's perhaps a case that your, your practice is broader. You know, so your most of our clients wouldn't really expect you to pass around department to department, as it were. But at the same time, I, I'd, I'd say it's, it's perhaps slightly more... It, it, it's very empowering in the sense that you're able to set a boundary and say, look, you, you really definitely need some tax advice for this, or this, is, this has gone beyond basic employment knowledge and, and really needs a specialist now. So it's, it's, quite, um, it's quite empowering in that sense. Mm. It's, it's always the case that the client, quite rightly, is, is in charge and there's a regulated relationship where there's all manner of confidentiality and um, legal privilege and, and obligations, but it feels a little bit more like you're... Um, in the room and slightly more on the level in terms of um, in terms of how you can advise and add value for clients yeah. in, in a more direct, which is good and bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting, and I think we experience quite a lot of that as a, as an SME operating in the professional services or a field, although in a very different area. It's that, as you say, it's quite empowering. It's the ability to to work with clients how you want to work with them and to add value where where you feel you can. I think that's right, and I think in the ecosystem, which most certainly feeds up to, to, to larger firms, larger investors, and things, um, there's there's a real sense of serendipity, and, and that's that's something that never gets lost on me. We, we were out with a an old friend, um, our head of dispute resolution. I were out two weeks ago for, for lunch with a, a a good friend who's moved to a very prestigious um, London firm as a litigator. And we were talking about a fellow lawyer and what she was up to. And it turned out she was sat at the next table and we bumped into her on the way out. So it's one of those things, actually, the, the ecosystem, certainly here in Oxford and most certainly in London, it's, it's, it's smaller than one thinks, you know, and, and, yes. and reputation goes quite a long way. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And as I often say, you're, you're only as good as your last, your last client engagement. Totally, yes. absolutely. Yeah. No, I think that's something we focus a lot on our here is is you know the easiest form of business development for us is to keep our existing customers as happy as we can and trying to deliver excellence every time. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. So obviously the establishment and, and the growth of Ignition Law ha- it has required a, a leadership team. So what are the challenges facing leadership teams in companies when they start to scale up? Um, I think it's a, a, a great question, Steve, and I would imagine it's probably a bit like Oxentia in, in the sense that Certainly, f- for me, I'd say it was probably three paradigm shifts. I'd, I'd say there's 
a the first phase is 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 adrenaline based and and they there's a great book called be more pirates where it talks about this swashbuckling phase where you're you're in that 99% chance of 99% of business in the UK don't get to a million turnover which sounds like a nice number but actually there's an awful lot of things that are um, that, that need sorting out mm. you know even at that early stage level so I think there's the first stage of uh, things such as a senior leadership team and even strategy needing to still come good in terms of actual delivery of, of P&L and reinvesting gross, gross profit. So there was definitely that phase, which I'd say was, we set up January the 1st, 2015, and I would say by about October, November, I was slightly starting to keel over from 2 a.m.s and not in any way being the best version of my, my myself. And, um, and, and I think that was phase one, which is almost um, survival, really. Great fun as well, but 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 pretty pretty exhausting. Phase two was a little bit more, and, and, and I should say, phase one we joint ventured with a law firm Gunnercook, so that helped hugely with a lot of the back office functionality. We locked in, and we're always going to eventually spin out and stand on our own two two feet in terms of the back office and 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 operation and support. Um, phase two was probably more what's sometimes called the gazelle business where it, it looks good and it looks um adolescent and nearly an adult on its own two feet but but actually often you'd have a great year or a great quarter and then then something would blow up and there'd be a challenge and you have a wobble and and, and, that, and that i'd say lasted really until um 2019 2020 something like that as, as it was scaling um and and then there was quite a shift in terms of strategy and leadership and thinking also about values. Mm-hmm. And, and I mentioned at the start, we were a very values-led business, and that, and that was important that um, in about three, three years ago, almost to the day, we, we, we were putting in place a um, senior leadership team and, 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 and starting to have a real sense of strategy and, and growth and um, and, and credit control approach in a law firm, which is which is which is really important, and and so that was a really key paradigm shift, um, and 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 that probably takes us really to where we are today in terms of there being always challenges and things to improve and help and support with the senior leadership team, but actually fundamentally having that backbone behind the firm is is huge. So probably the, the three key phases, I'd say. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Interesting. I guess similar to, similar to ourselves, you know, we're, we're very values driven, um, but it's having that shared sense of purpose and, yeah. and having a shared vision which is communicated and understood by everybody in the organisation. You know, we want everybody rowing in and heading in the same direction in many ways. Yeah, totally. And I, and I think culture, culture and values can often sound woolly and they often, in some organisations perhaps, ca- can be woolly. And I think Oxentia, much much like us, it's actually when it's, clear and it's 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 crystallized as it is you know meeting the the team and and seeing everyone that that's massive and a a very good friend who was very senior at dr martin said said to me through through lockdown where they were a rare retail business that was doing incredibly well she she said if you get it right culture eats strategy for breakfast you know actually you 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 close the door and sit, sit in an office and actually the the culture polices itself and, 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 and if that's values led 
you can be pretty sure that if there's an outlier or a challenge or behaviour that's not ethically aligned, um, it will almost self-police to a large extent, especially if people are empowered to, you know, and, and clear on the values. Yeah, yeah. no, that is a very good point, and, and certainly what what we find um, here at, you know, in in professional services is we're people-led business. You know, mm. people are, are our most valuable asset that we have. If it wasn't for the people, we wouldn't have a business. Exactly. Okay. Um, can you identify the key decision points uh, for growing businesses where they need legal advice? I'd, I'd say there's. I'd say it, it, it turns hugely on on your last point. You know, is is the business in question a more of a people business where perhaps the the fundamental value of the business is is different, say, to a technology led business where it can hockey stick and grow in a very different direction. The legal advice perhaps varies accordingly. Um, so, in, in perhaps more of a people led business. Elements around culture, staff handbook, the tightness of um, uh, contracts, intellectual property ownership, all these sorts of things um, are slightly nuanced vis-a-vis a more of a technology-led um, business. But I think the key milestones for, for, for legal advice are probably phase one of bootstrapping, that, that, that swashbuckling phase of being in that statistically probably, unfortunately being in that 99% of businesses that may not make it to a million turnover, may not make it because they're perfectly adequate, not scaling, you know, but there's, there's that first stage of everything being extremely lean and, and a need to bootstrap and be really prudent with legal spend and indeed be strategic about where not to spend money and how, how to kind of kick a few cans down the road. I'd say the next strategic area is um, it, it is often either around a funding round, Series A, Series B, and more of a scale-up business, or indeed more perhaps turnover-based in, in, in a people business, um, where, where one is starting to go through a series of learning points, lessons, mm-hmm. so probably a rite of passage that you may or may not <laughs> um, recall from your, your, your journey could be things such as the, the, the first time one has to let somebody go, and that's actually really really hard, really emotionally hard for, for, for both both parties. Um, one is often making quite a lot of mistakes at that stage and being quite quite hard on, on, on oneself, I think, in a, in a scale-up business, mm-hmm. through to challenges with investors, challenges with cash flow. Um, there are normally these sorts of trigger points, first disputes with a, a key B2B contract or, um, or outsourced service. Um, but these sorts of things normally come up and hopefully only come up once for an entrepreneur because you learn lessons and you improve mm. things off the back of them. Um, whether that's with legal advice or whether that's you know making use of legal steers, mm. but I'd say there's probably that early stage, um, the, the early stage sandbox area, if you like, where it's it's about survival and then it's yeah. about scale up and lessons and hopefully um, issues and challenges coming up once and then yeah. being improved from there. Thank you for listening to part one of this discussion with Alex McPherson and Steve Cleverly. Join us for part two, where we'll discuss more about the timing and types of legal support that startup and scale-ups typically require, and Ignition Law's B Corp certification journey, plus some of the common pitfalls to avoid during scaling up of your business. If you have any questions about this or any other episodes of Bringing New Ideas to Life, then please do contact us at ideaspod at That's ideaspod, or one word, 
at Occentia.com and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Thank you very much. Bye for now. <laughs>